And I'm thinking about, you know, the children, military children, and how it's important to bring visibility to them. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis Jesse. And before we get started, let me just let y'all know that these are all my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all, time to get into it. Hi, peeps. You know what? There are so many things to celebrate in this last episode of the month. And one thing that I have to say from the outset is we have celebrated a year, an entire year of Stationed with Stories. That is right. Y'all, we started the podcast April 2022 and we made a year, made a year this month. And so I have to do more Work. I have to do a better job at celebrating these types of milestones. I will get better, y'all, but just let just let the people know, okay? If you haven't already shared the podcast, if you haven't already rated it, have you have you talked to other people about the podcast? Y'all, we are doing big things. It has been a year, and that is super exciting. So I just want to say that super, super just happy to have this space, this opportunity to chat with you all about military spouse life, about books, all genre, all genre, almost all genres. Let me just say almost all genres of books, but just to be able to do that. And then of course, to be able to share my writing, it has been an absolute delight for me. And also just moving on into the the topic, I will Of course, get into that a little bit later, but we're going to talk a bit about military children. So I'll say something more about that later. But anyway, let's jump right into the book that I read, y'all. And this is, once again, another book club book. And this is the library book club that I joined. It is the Social Justice Book Club, and they read Minor Feelings for the past month. And so Y'all, I listen to it because y'all know if you've been with me for a while, you know that I love to listen to my audiobooks. And so I listened to Kathy Park Hong's Minor Feelings and my three words. Here we go. Discursive, festering, unveiling. Discursive. So for discursive, it is a discourse. This book is a part memoir and Mostly what it is, is a discourse on Asian American identity. And she does a great job at really laying down the foreground and really posing a lot of questions to the reader, just in terms of just, and and not direct questions, but having you think about racial identity, specifically Asian American identity in the U.S. and how we talk about it, how we really don't talk about it. And so it's discursive. It really is academic in nature. There's a lot of, there's a lot of facts that she goes over a lot of cases, um, whether it is 
historical injustices that she talks about or talking about just individual experiences that she's had. Very, very much discursive, really meant to provoke your thoughts and to really have a dialogue with with just our history as America and not just in the U.S., but even before why certain populations came to the U.S., the type of exploitation that was was happening in certain communities, Asian communities abroad, and the reason that they got to the U.S., came to the U.S., fled to the U.S., the ways that the U.S. involved itself in politics abroad and how that impacted generations to come really is discursive. And it really brought me to an academic space. It really brought me to a place of I have to read and pay attention and really think about what she's presenting to me and and see you know, what it is that I have not challenged myself to think about critically, okay? So definitely meant for us to think critically about. The second word is festering. So I mean festering in terms of her tone. And in some ways, right, she is outright angry, outright angry, right, with how some of the experiences she's had in her life. And she she opens it up in this way that, I, and I think that's really where I got the festering from, the way she opens it up, right? There is something, there's a problem happening below the surface in her own body and she's having to deal with it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's bothering her. There's a festering, it's kind of opening up. And there there are, a lot of in there's a lot of insight that you get from just how she opens up the book and and how she feels about this current position she has as an Asian American woman in society and the types of challenges that she's facing as an individual and compounded with the challenges she faces and her family and her communities have faced with being part of the Asian American identity. So it's festering, right? There's, there's, there's this uh, discomfort. And I think discomfort is really the word, right? And, and we must be uncomfortable in order to read this book, to be in this place of there is something that's going on behind closed doors, underneath the surface, and, and even right in your face that we are not recognizing, we're not addressing, we're not thinking critically about, and it's festering and it's impacting everyone. It's impacting everyone. So there's the festering and she's upset about that. And upset. there's a righteous indignation that she has. And so there's festering and then unveiling. And I say unveiling because I think the majority of readers will read the book and be enlightened by at least something that she's revealed, some type of injustice that she points out that was enacted against Asian Americans, Korean Americans, specifically she's Korean. She talks about her Korean identity. And that is that is an unveiling. It wasn't an unveiling for me. And I think that most readers will find that some of the historical figures that she points out, some really interesting things that she talks about that happened either to individuals who are named 
And those who were part of a group who experienced injustices, it's an unveiling. I learned a lot, and I think most readers will find that stories about Asian Americans being targeted, and this is pre-pandemic in terms of just the the types of experiences that we are dealing with in this book. This book came out in 2020, okay? 2020 came out. And so this is even before all of the the more at the forefront injustices that we saw uh, uptick of violence against the Asian American community, okay? But and specifically, you talk about Chinese communities, but it really, you know, in the pandemic years, and I guess we're kind of still there, right? But immediately, right, when COVID came, there was such violence that we heard about more often on the news against the Chinese community and Asian American communities in general, right? But this book came out in 2020. So she's talking even before that, just how invisible the injustices were, how invisible the the identities and the uh, presence for many people in the U.S., how invisible Asian American identity was, is. Okay, so there's an unveiling because she's she's saying, hi, we're here. And the ways that we thought about Asian Americans in this country are are flawed. And this is what we need to think about. So once again, those words, discursive, festering, unveiling. The book was Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong, came out in 2020. Check it out if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day So as I said in the very beginning of this episode, so many things on my mind right now, this last episode of the month of April, and it's great to just just think about all the things, okay? Sometimes, most of the time, I'm on one specific topic, but number one, just celebrating this one year. Woo! (laughs) I'm so, so excited. And like I said, I have to do a better job at just building up to that celebration, but I'm in celebration mode, not just because of that, but just thinking about being seen, right? So like seeing this as an opportunity to celebrate, but also, you know, pivot being seen because this is also the month of the military child. And if you have been with me for a while, you know that last year I sat down and had a fantastic conversation with Shakia Demelian. And she and I talked about her book because she is an author. She, many, many titles she has, but we talked about her book, We Are a Family of Heroes. And that was a great conversation. You can go on my episode last year and check it out. And obviously, you know, for many people, many male spouses, it's not just about the military and how it impacts you as a spouse, but it's also about how it impacts the whole family. Okay. Not just a military member, not just the spouse, but children. Okay. So, you know, this year, and obviously the interview with Shakia was, was great in the book, right? Really taught a lot about that experience specifically, right? You have one main character and you're learning about how he deals, this young boy, how he deals with the challenges of having a a parent who is a military member, his his father, Jojo's father. But just, you know, this year I've been thinking 
a little bit more about military children because I have had many more experiences talking with, hanging out with, learning from military children in the last year. And it really is a service. And, you know, I was thinking about how difficult it is for military children and why it's so important to have a month to celebrate military children. And, you know, in terms of visibility, right, I just reviewed a book that was in some ways about visibility. That could have been one of my three words, honestly, visibility. And I'm thinking about, you know, the children, military children, and how it's important to bring visibility to them. And then I was talking about, you know, this podcast and celebrating a year and how I have to be better at bringing some attention to and and visibility to that in my own life, you know, and celebrating that that win, right? That continuation of the work that I really have enjoyed doing for the last year. And so, yeah, I just thought about this episode and just thinking about, I see you. Yeah, I see you. And how important it is, not just to my listeners, you know, not just to those who are military spouses, right? Because a lot of you, you tune in and you're like, listen, I'm, I don't know about that life, but I'm down for the podcast. Hey, y'all, you know what? I'm I'm always loving when I chat with y'all because, you know, there there are so many similarities, differences and similarities, though, with military spouses and those who are not part of this life. But one thing for sure, everybody needs someone to see them, to recognize them, to say, hey, I see you. I see you are you are visible to me. And, you know, talking about April, specifically in the month of the military child, I, you know, I was just looking around, y'all. I was looking around just to see what was happening, what the events were. And y'all, lots of different types of events for military children. I know where we are in the Pacific Northwest in Washington, they had a big day. They had a lot of stuff, a lot of activities for, particularly for little children, I would say. You know, you can check out the fire truck. There were arts and crafts and all types of things. I saw I was on Twitter and just looking around to see what's going on this month. I saw that some schools that were schools for military children on military bases, they were having spirit weeks. And I'm like, yes, yes, I remember spirit week when I was back in like middle school and high school. And that was a, and even elementary school, we had spirit week, a lot of fun, right? And so you know, just ways that they could just elevate that fun, just that fun meter for kids and and older kids too, which is really important. And, you know, there are certain different events, different conversation groups I saw online for military teens specifically, and just being able to talk about their feelings, right? Talk about their futures and obviously be in a group of people who understand them, who see them, who can identify with them because they've been through, they are going through the same types of experiences, right? So I think that's really good. Also just seeing that, you know, there's purple is the color of the month of the military child and just having that as like a touchstone point, like having purple day. I saw communities having purple day or purple up day. And so everyone wore purple and not even just with communities that worked specifically with children, but it even seemed like, you know, offices that had some relation to 
children, but obviously in the military, the staff in the office would wear purple on a particular day. So I just really, really love seeing all of these different events across the internet and in my own community celebrating military children and just keeping them visible. Because honestly, being seen is so important. And I've seen so many different ways that deployments specifically, right? Because you have deployments, you have, you know, the fact that you're moving around a lot, all these things are really impacting children. And it's interesting. I remember having a conversation with a friend and her saying, yeah, when he was younger, you know, like a baby, two years old, three years old, it, it, it made a difference, but it was different because I didn't really have to deal with the big emotions of daddy's deployed. Daddy's going to be gone for a long time. Daddy's on a ship, right? And now that he's older, I do. And that is, as you know, especially the different stages. And I talked about this last year with uh, Shakia. And we talked about just, you know, the different stages, the ages, and how you have to explain this life differently to the kids But also what's been interesting in the last year is just being able to talk to teenagers and see how they deal with military life. And, you know, teenagers, too cool for school. They're chill. They're hanging. They want to seem like they have things together. But, y'all, we all, you've been there, right? It's a jumbly mess inside, (laughs) all the emotions. And obviously, that was going to be the case for any teenager, but especially for teenagers who are dealing with moving around a lot. Definitely have talked to a lot of families who have tried to decrease that amount of stress. I've talked to families, you know, there's certain rules, quote unquote, or certain policies that are in place so that families can stay longer in a duty station to finish out a school year or stay another year if they have a kid who's a rising senior in high school so that they can be at the same school their senior year that they were in their previous year, their 11th grade year. I think that's all great because it's just so much for them to deal with and consistency, right? You know, if you are in education, they tell you all the time or, you know, early childhood development, right? Consistency is key. Keep them on a schedule, keep things consistent. But y'all, when things are moving around so much and when you're moving around so much and when there are so many different changes, right? Even in the military, you might think you're doing one thing in five months and then they change it. So difficult to communicate that with kids, little and big. And so I'm all for just wanting to just share this note that, you know, I see you, we see you, we see our kids and we do the best for them, all of them. But of course, the fact that we have a whole month dedicated to visibility when it comes to military children, that's a plus, y'all. That is a win. All right, y'all, moving on to the last part of the podcast. Once again, I have some flash fiction for you. And this piece is called Alphabet Soup. Charlotte sipped her Campbell's alphabet soup from a mug of Mickey and Minnie Mouse cheesing side by side, hearts encircling their heads like a lover's halo. 
On the stove, the remainder of the canned soup sputtered over medium heat. A ray of light from the setting sun streaked across her face. As she ate, a cockroach wheedled out of a hole under a kitchen outlet. Its antennae computed the air before it scuttled across the counter and into a crack in the green formica near the utensil drawer. Charlotte sipped her alphabet soup once more from the mug her mother handed her for dinner. A dinner nine-year-old Charlotte ate alone while her mother soaked in a bleach bath because that was the only way she felt clean after her days working on soddy mattresses in sedan back seats. Charlotte ate her alphabet soup without a word. She collected letters like a wartime movie soldier and lover being careful to save up all the A's and eat them last because A marks were signs of success. And her teachers loved this little girl for her quietness and her patience and her A's that told them she'd go far in life if she kept being a good girl and doing her assignments as well as she did, which made her proud. The only thing she could be proud of in her life. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. Once again, if you have not checked me out online, check it out, the website, stationwithstories.com. I'm on Instagram, stationed underscore story. And y'all, share the podcast. Mm -hmm. I already told you. I already told you at the beginning, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, because sometimes we we need some reminders. Share the podcast. Rate the podcast. All the stars. Give it all the stars. And of course, Definitely leave a review. Tell people why you love Station With Stories. And I will be back next Monday. It's Station With Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.